You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. A happy red freaking Friday, Kansas City. It is game week. The Kansas City Chiefs play the Jacksonville Jaguars in week one of the NFL season. And the AP Laboratory is here to preview that game. The AP Laboratory, uh, meaning my good pal, find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina, and a birthday boy yesterday, Matthew Lane. Happy birthday, old man. Thanks, Ken. I'm getting up there in age. I, I'm closely approaching everybody else in this podcast age. Um, I won't ever actually catch you guys because, you know, that's how age and years work. But I am. I'm closing in on the big 30 next year. So at that point in time, I'll be exiting my prime and we'll no longer be able to do a nerd squad combine, but that's okay. Hey, Matt, what's 30 divided by six? That is not an even number. Oh, it's a five. <laughs> I try, I'm trying to say the bit. The bit was set up perfectly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it was set up, up perfectly. A, I tried to set you up for a five-star review joke. I know, I understand just, where you're going, but see, I'm trying to back off the five-star review jokes now because I feel like I've gotten on some people's nerves with them. So I'm like, no, I'm just kidding, guys. I did not catch the five-star bit review. That is my fault. Don't be like me and fail the five stars. Please go to your iTunes review, drop the five stars. Kent set this up perfectly. He deserves it. You can put on there that only Kent gets this five-star review. That's my fault. And that other beautiful voice you heard, that was actually Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm sorry, I mean Craig Stout. <laughs> you can find him on Twitter, at Barley Hop. I did listen to every second of the podcast that I missed earlier this week, and I think the correct answer for Craig is definitely Daniel Day-Lewis. Not only because they both have elite facial hair, but they're both the GOAT. <laughs> I, I'm just going to ignore that this whole thing is happening right now. Guys, I learned today that Matt isn't 14. I, I just, he's so much younger than me that I thought that maybe he was just, you know, in the prime of his teenage years here. But no, he's almost 30. Wow. All right. Is 14 really the prime that... of your teenage years? I feel like if 14 sure. is the prime of your teenage years, you were doing something very incorrectly <laughs> as a teenager. Yeah, like. I, yeah, sixteen is is the start of your teenage years. If, if you ask well, me. when you're born as long ago as I was, you know, fourteen, you're about half of your life already. You're having your midlife crisis then. Craig dunking on himself there. I'm just beating <laughs> you guys to the punch. That's all it is. That's uh, if you do that. We long want sophisticated enough, to make a longevity of life joke, Craig. That's only for somebody of such a Renaissance man and fine uh. taste. Let, let's get to the football, what, shall we? Yeah, how about how about the Jaguars, right? Yeah, no, we can talk about them. Uh, also, if you still have a little bit of time to join our Pick'em League, uh, if you are uh, if you are listening to this and you haven't joined, you're gonna get one point wrong probably for that for the Bears and uh, Packers game. But 
there's still 255 more games this NFL season to catch up. I think you'll be just fine. So we started a little uh, little ESPN Pick'em League. Check it out, and uh, you can find the link to it on my Twitter account, at Kent underscore Swanson. All right, let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to talk about three storylines on offense, three storylines on defense, and then each give you a player to watch on both sides of the ball. We're going to start with this. Uh, Maddie, you're writing an article right now about how the Chiefs can use the screen game, the jet motion game, to uh, try to uh, affect and have success against this aggressive Jaguars defense. Yeah, and that's something that we saw a little bit last year with the Chiefs. Now, given the conditions of the game with all the rain, the offense was a little out of sync. But the Jaguars' defense, their attitude, their kind of demeanor is just a super aggressive one. They are attacking everything. They have good team speed. They're maybe a little slower this year without Telvin Smith out there. But overall, it's a fast defense that plays aggressive. You can really take advantage of that using the screen game. And then last year, the Chiefs actually had a good amount of success using the little jet motion into the pop passes to the wide receivers coming across the formation. Tyreek Hill actually had a big, long reverse, called back for a smaller gain because Sammy Watkins, who was kind of involved in blocking for the play, but not really, got called for a holding penalty. So they had a lot of success, not really using misdirection, but getting the wide receivers, using them behind the line of scrimmage, getting them out in open space, had a couple successful screens that were about ready to break big, long runs. So I think just using that again against this aggressive Jaguars defense, it's going to have linebackers attacking. It's going to have secondary players flying up the line of scrimmage. You can really manipulate the numbers game out in open space. And I think you heard Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, they both sounded kind of giddy to get this game going on. They have stuff cooked up. I'm sure there's going to be some downfield elements too. But Andy Reid, beginning of every year, has some fun stuff coming out. And I think you're going to see even more of it this game. And I think it's going to really take advantage of that style of defense. Yeah, the the Chiefs have so much more speed on this team even than they did last year. And the best way to utilize that speed is to get them in space, get the ball in their hand easily, and have them running with a couple blockers ahead. They're going to be able to do that with this jet motion game. McCall Hardman actually might see a lot more touches this week than maybe he will in the next two or three weeks, just trying to get him on the field, get adjusted to the pace of play, Everything like that. LaShawn McCoy is going to be good in the screen game as well. They can get him out in some space, maybe in a limited role. I just feel like there's going to be a lot of that sort of misdirection and a lot of those types of screen plays that are going to hit big. Like Matt said, Andy Reid gets fidgety. We see him after bye weeks and leading into the season. The man wants to show everybody every time he takes a week or two off that he still got it. I think we're going to see a bunch of misdirection and a bunch of stuff that we haven't seen for a little while early, and then I think he's going to bury them out until maybe January and you know dig them back up and use them again. I totally agree. I think this is a good opportunity to get McColl involved early uh, and and help him you know get some opportunities to utilize that speed that he has on something like, you know, maybe a touch pass, you know, maybe even one of those reverses out of the bunch sets that they've run a lot with Tyreek. I, I do kind of anticipate you see Tyreek on the move a lot. I mean, that's pretty typical anyway, but if Jalen Ramsey really is going to be following Tyreek Hill around, uh, just try to try, try to add some, put some mileage on those tires there for, for Jalen Ramsey today too. run them all around the field, you know, send him in motion, send him on those orbit motions, all that kind of stuff, and then 
run down the field and stretch the field and, and turn it into a into a challenge of uh, of will of endurance of conditioning. <laughs> I think that you know if if you're going up in a, against an elite corner like that, I think all those things kind of you know have some have some effect there. Uh, one of the other storylines we're looking for on the offensive side is that offensive line. You know, it's uh, it. We're, I'm, first off, I'm curious to see if it's Andrew Wiley or if it's Cameron Irving because I'm a little concerned because Cameron Irving got the run at left guard. You know, during the dress rehearsal game, so I'm a little concerned there. And you know, this whether or not you know I, this group played together last year, uh, but it it's it's committing to this group as your full-time starting offensive line. Austin Ryder came in as a backup last year and played some time. Andrew Wiley didn't start the season as a starter and earned opportunities and wound up winning the Mackley Hill Award. This is a, a new start. This is a new group, uh, and, and the Chiefs are all in on this offensive line, and I'm really curious to see how they look. Yeah, and I think it's something worth watching because the Chiefs' offensive line, I don't think, looked particularly clean or excelling during the preseason. It's early. It's the preseason. These guys are getting used to playing with one another in live action. But even the tackles didn't look great. I'm not too worried about Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz. They'll be fine in the regular season. They always have been. But that interior offensive line, the only time they have playing with those three guys next to each other, whether it is Cameron Irving or Andrew Wiley at the left guard spot, is going to be the time this year in camp and during the preseason. And I think there's definitely been some question marks there as they move these guards around trying to get the best fit next to Austin Ryder and little things like that. So you just want to see them working together, not stepping on each other's toes, getting their protection calls right. It's something to monitor at the start of the year, and you hope it's something you don't have to keep worrying about as you get into the midpoint of the season. For sure. And I, I think ideally what starts this week is what we see at least for the first eight weeks or so. Like, you don't want to touch this. So I want them to make a concrete decision at left guard. I want them to make a decision as to who's the swing tackles, if Cameron Irving is actually going to play the swing tackle, if Nick, Nick Allegretti is going to play center. I want them to get as many of those reps as possible in practice because we have seen lots of injuries that have come to the Chiefs offensive linemen. I, we need these guys to be ready and we need them to have defined roles. I really hope that we see Andrew Wiley at left guard this week and that we can kind of go forward from there with these guys all meshing together and working together really well. Yeah, I, I really do hope it's Andrew Wiley. Uh, and I, I don't think Martinez Rankin is going to be active this week, but I am really kind of anxious to see uh, if when he's active and you know if he gets an opportunity to play. I, I'm, I'm kind of excited about that move a little bit, but that's down the road. All right, players to watch on the offensive side of the football. I'm starting, and it sounds lame, but I have to start with Patrick LaVon Mahomes. I'm not going to pick him every week, I promise. Who? But I'm Oh, Patrick LaVon Mahomes. He's the reigning MVP of the league. He's only 23 years old, turns 24 here in a couple days, and he's an exceptional talent that had a great year. And why would you want to watch him upon it? That sounds boring. I why <laughs> would I want to watch him? Because he's the most electrifying person in the history of the National Football League. Whoops, I said it. Oh, he's a transcendent Patrick LaVon yes, Mahomes. Yes. Got it, got Tra it. Transcendent talent, you know him. Look, I think he's primed to take another step. 
I think he's looked more controlled. He's in more command of the offense. He's crisper. He's more efficient. Everything looks clean. And that's kind of scary because you saw how good he was last year. I think he's made moderate or minor improvements on some things. That's going to help him take his game to another level, create more efficiency, uh, and, and be and, and take another step. He is primed to go out and lead this team and, and win another MVP. I'm so anxious to see what this kid looks like, and I can't wait to see what kind of tangible improvements we have seen to this point. The guy I'm looking forward to most watching this week is going to be LaShawn McCoy. I don't know how much work he's going to get, but I expect him to get a little bit, and I just want to see what he's going to look like out there working into this offense. I actually have a semi-hot take that I think Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride shares with me. I think by the midway point, and I'm going even by week four, I think LaShawn McCoy is going to be the running back 1A for this team. So this is kind of the first start to it to get into this offense. Just like what he brings with his vision, his patience at the line of scrimmage, I think the, what he does better than Damian Williams right now, I think aligns better with your starting running back, whereas Damian Williams still 100% has a use. I just think it's a little bit better off as kind of your backup, your third down back. So I'm just interested to see how much work he gets, what he looks like behind this offensive line that has to be at least twice as good as what he played with in Buffalo last year. I'm excited for it. I think he's got a little bit left in the tank, and I think he's really going to get the most he can out of Andy Reid this year. And my got to watch, with Tyreek Hill being kind of shadowed around by Jalen Ramsey, Sammy Watkins, I think, is primed to have a big game. He's going to be going up against A.J. Boye, a very good corner, and a guy that could could win that matchup fairly handily. But I just really think that Sammy Watkins, coming into the season for the first time, healthy, looking good. He's looked great in camp. We've been all talking about Tyree Kill and how good he looks. Sammy Watkins looks great too. If Sammy can go out there and win his matchup against AJ Boye, that's just going to open up everything for everybody else and make things a lot easier on this offense. I'm looking to get him the ball early, looking to get him the ball often. I think that he we are ready to see what Sammy Watkins can really be in this offense. Maddie, I, I think I skipped over one of our storylines, and it was someone that you wanted to talk about anyway. So this we can just kind of extend this as one of the players to watch because I know this is a guy that you were really excited about. Uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, it, it, let's see what he looks like coming off a little bit of an injury. Let's see what he looks like, um, you know, because we really haven't got a good look, of, good look at him yet to this point. Kelsey came into the season dealing with an ankle injury. He got back on the field for the entire preseason. He got practice in, but he's still working his way back from an injury. There's a chance that he maybe was still a little out of shape as camp really started and that things got going. So his usage this preseason has been pretty much minimal, and that could be a vet thing. I'm not worried about Travis Kelsey not being ready once the season starts. You just wonder if he's still working his way back into football shape or if he's going to be ready to go on week one like he has been in years past. So it's just something to monitor. Is he going to slowly work back into the groove or is he going to be ready on day one? The good news is the Chiefs might not need the best out of Travis Kelsey until week four, five, six, and that gives you a chance to work him in slowly if that's what you got to do. Yeah, I think we'll see maybe a fair amount of Blake Bell or a fair amount of Deion Yelder just giving Kelsey that rest, allowing him to get into game shape early here. I mean, it it takes a lot to come back from an injury like that, to go through rehab like that. We, we've seen him 
getting a couple extra breathers during camp and during the games this so far this preseason. So I, I think maybe those two guys are going to play a little more significant role early as Kelsey gets back into shape. And, you know, we've seen a small sample size of Travis Kelsey. He looked good on that out and up down the sideline in the first preseason game. But basically, I, I, I don't know if he had a catch beyond that, though. It's been a very limited uh, run for him during this preseason. So hopefully he can, you know, sustain f uh, his, you know, his energy for the duration of the game in that really hot and humid Jacksonville weather that's identical to the weather here in Kansas <laughs> City today. I don't know how they're going to do it. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely something worth monitoring. Uh, we'll be back after this to preview and, and give you storylines for the defensive side of the football. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360 degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Time to talk about the defensive side of the football now. Craig, let's preview your article a little bit you can find on Arrowhead Pride preparing you for what the Jacksonville Jaguars and John DeFilippo are going to present to you uh, on Sunday. They they utilize Y-Cross a little bit, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, DeFilippo with Foles near the end of 2017 when he was the quarterback's coach for the Eagles kind of helped develop them some flood concepts to try and beat some match and zone coverages and they use them a lot and we kind of I'm explaining in the article the way that Y cross is used for a simplified thing basically the Y the tight end runs a little bit of a deep crosser and they try and get him in that space between the safeties and the linebackers there are a bunch of variations there's a bunch of things that they can do with their X and Y or X and Z receivers on the outside and their slot receiver. But I explained a couple ways that they can win in those matchups. And then I actually went back and watched Steve Spagnolo's defense playing in week 15 against Nick Foles and DeFilippo. And Spagnolo actually destroyed one of them on the goal line with a well-timed blitz. And I kind of explained why that works and why those flood concepts can beat the match zone coverages and how Steve Spagnuolo can counter them. So be on the lookout for that. If you haven't read it yet, go check it out. Really, I think the Jaguars are probably just excited that Blake Bortles does not have to QB these Y crosses anymore. You at least have a competent thrower <laughs> and a guy that is not more effective just scrambling out behind the flood concept. But no, it's a great article. 
And like Craig said, he's kind of walking you through what the concept is. There's ways to stop it. And then also like why it's still going to cause some issues potentially for the chiefs. So it's just something to look out for when you're watching the game, you take it over to your kickoff party and you get to look really smart to all your friends and you start calling out why cross and how and why it's being stopped or effective. So make sure you're using Craig's knowledge for your own game. Yeah, give that a try. I want to see I want to see if you can utilize it. It is it's going to be good. I I've seen some of the clips that he's he's posted for it and I am looking forward to reading it as well. Uh, so be on the lookout look for that. We have to take a second and appreciate Craig's fantastic editing ability. His clips have gone to another level at this point in time. <laughs> he is pretty much on NFL films. Yeah, no, the 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 tool that he uses to kind of help draw schematics on plays i uh i need to probably uh need to probably uh take a few classes from craig on that because that's I'm something just i'd trying like trying to, to give the people a little more insight that's all it's it's nothing fancy i'm just i'm just renaissance, trying man. to give people renaissance man. it's little- good stuff renaissance it's man. good stuff man uh, and just expect you're going to kind of get a scouting article for both sides of the football. Maddie's going to talk about what the offense can do against the opponent every week. Craig's going to talk about what's th- what the defense can do against the opponent every week. And uh, it's it's really good stuff. I'm really excited to see what they uh, what they kind of reveal every single week. So be on the lookout for that. All right, second storyline. What does the real defense, the real Steve Spagnolo defense, with the starting defense? What's it look like from a, from a schematic standpoint, Craig? That's what we're kind of anxious to see. Oh man, I I'm not only am I anxious from a schematic standpoint, I'm also anxious to see all the personnel on the field together. They played together as a group for about two snaps this entire preseason. That's not great. We we would like to see them get more reps, but. Yeah, Steve Spagnuolo was vanilla with his blitzes. He was vanilla with his coverage shells. I want to see what tricks he's got up his sleeve. I know that they don't really know exactly what to plan for with the Jaguars. They said that they've been going back and studying some Vikings tape from last year, studying some of the Philadelphia tape from two years ago, trying to figure out what the Jaguars are going to come out and do. I want to see what this defense looks like even from a vanilla standpoint when they're trying to win a game where they don't care about tipping their hand a little bit and try and see the in-game adjustments specifically to see how Spagnolo adjusts and puts guys in the right position to succeed. That's something we didn't really see from Bob too often. So it'll be really nice to see a shifting, progressing defense as the game goes along. And something that we really didn't get to see much of at all kind of in the preseason, much like most years, is anything beyond like energy level. So you see the defense has a higher energy level. They're playing a little bit harder. They have a bigger attitude, a better attitude to them about the game. But you don't get to see anything really beyond that. It's very vanilla. Guys are playing base coverages, following base rules, nothing too exciting or exhilarating. You're finally going to see how they're going to deploy Tyron Matthew. What's his role going to be? You really haven't got to see much of him, but he's going to have a very active part in what the Chiefs are doing, not just schematically, but how it's going to result in their overall play. Then you're going to see Juan Thornhill, how he's going to mix in with Daniel Sorensen, and just these guys that kind of play base roles that I don't think their position is going to be so simplified once the actual regular season starts. It's going to be a lot of fun seeing what they have cooked up for guys like that along with the general scheme or overall scheme the defense is going to play. It's just that specialized usage of some of these really dynamic players is something we just have no idea of at this point in time. 
Yeah, and I'm kind of anxious to see how exotic or how simplified it is. What does that? What does what Steve Spagnuolo call tell us about what he thinks about his personnel? What does it say about you know maybe his confidence level and what these guys are being are able to execute? So just kind of seeing that is something I'm really anxious because you know it, it's so new, it's so fresh. We don't have really a great idea of what this unit's going to look like and. I think Steve Spagnuolo is going to tell us a little bit about what he thinks about his cornerbacks, what he thinks about his unit in general, based on some of the things that he winds up calling. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I mean, like we can sit here and listen to Steve Spagnuolo stand up there in front of the microphone. Spagnuolo's been a head coach. He's had to be the guy that's out there on the podium multiple times a week, and he knows how to guard himself from saying some things that maybe he shouldn't say. So we hear him out there, and when the coordinators speak, talking about some of the players that he expects to play well, the usages that he expects to use from them. We hear him talking about his safeties, maybe playing a little corner, and you know some of the things that they can mix and match there. But, I mean, he can sit there and talk about all that and try and give a little misdirection towards the opposing offense, we're going to see it on the field. We're going to know what he wants to do. And, I mean, from my point of view, that's exactly what I want. I want to know that now. All right, the linebackers specifically. There's there's a lot in flux, it seems, about the linebacker position. Damian Williams played a Sam linebacker more in Dallas last year. He looks like he's played a little bit more of the will. Reggie Ragland's played the Mike in the past. Now he's kind of playing the Sam Anthony Hitchens has been a, a mic basically every snap instead of just kicking over to the mic maybe in nickel. Uh, and, and Darren Lee. Darren Lee is – we don't know where he's going to line up. He's going to line up as a will, but when does he line up? What kind of role does he have? There's a lot up in the air about this linebacker crew, uh, group, Maddie, and I'm sure we're all kind of anxious to see who's utilized in what situations. Speaking of things that we just don't know yet, it's how this linebacker group is going to play out. Like You keep hearing over and over again from Anthony Hitchens has talked about being the Mike. He's talked about being the Will. It seems like he's mostly playing as a middle linebacker if we're basing it on the preseason right now. And then Damian Wilson has been lighting up as the Will, which is interesting given his skill set. But it seems like Steve Spagnuolo is kind of doubling down that Damian Wilson is going to play a lot of snaps. If he's playing a lot of snaps, it's going to be at the Will. But then you also get Spagnuolo, or I believe it could have been Andy Reid, talking about how Darren Lee is also going to play a lot of snaps. Like Specifically, those three guys, Hitchens, Lee, Wilson, are going to play a lot of snaps. Neiman, Reggie Ragland are seen more as backups. So you kind of get their top three linebackers, but the way they've been utilized so far, that doesn't fill a three-linebacker set from the Chiefs where one of them has to play a Sam unless Wilson is going to play both. So there's just a lot up in the air that I don't think we have any idea about right now. I do expect all three of those guys to play a decent amount of snaps. I'm excited to see Darren Lee get some more run with and against like starting level players because in the preseason, he was mostly on the second unit. But at this point in time, like it's just a big kind of guess. It's up in the air what you're going to see from these three guys. So I'm ready to see what it's going to be so we can start kind of planning for the future and see what they're going to be able to pull off with their different skill sets. Yeah, in the preseason, before all this stuff started, in the offseason, we kind of thought that it was going to be Anthony Hitchens at the will, Reggie Ragland at the mic, and Damian Wilson as the Sam. 
it it appears to be that Reggie Ragland is going to play that Sam role. Hitchens the mic and maybe Damian Wilson the will in the base defense, which is kind of what they were alluding to. It's the nickel defense that we really need to pay attention to here. That's the, the Chiefs actually released their depth chart and released it as the nickel defense. It's not very often that teams do that, but that's what they did. And the two starting linebackers in that situation were Damian Wilson and Anthony Hitchens. Now, I do think that that's probably the best blend of coverage ability and run-stopping ability. Like that, That's like a first down nickel for this team. I'm fine with that in that regard. I'll just be very curious to see when Damian Wilson comes off the field and Darren Lee comes on, is it going to be in these second and longs? Are they going to wait to these obvious passing position or you know situations where it's third and long that Darren Lee comes in in those situations? And so yeah, Darren Lee's the guy I'm really anxious to see what he kind of looks like in this defense. I really like what I've seen from him for the most part to this point, and so I think he's a guy that could really push for more opportunities and I think he could make the most of his opportunities too I'm really anxious about him specifically but I am it just this group in general I it's it they need they need these guys to play better than what the Chiefs got out of their linebacking group last year and some of these guys are obviously carryovers from that really abysmal season so uh those are a couple uh, that that group specifically is one I'm anxious to see Maddie did you have something yeah, just something else that kind of goes with what Craig was saying. I don't mind the Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson kind of base nickel early rundown linebackers. But one issue that comes up for me is the Steve Spagnuolo likes to have his defensive ends crash a lot. The backside defensive end, even the front side, a lot of times are going to be playing in tight. They're going to be playing a little bit more interior gap than just holding contain. That's going to sometimes require a little bit more speed out of your linebackers. I think that's what's lacking as far as the Chiefs having speed and stuff going on for the linebacker position with Damian Wilson and Anthony Hitchens out there. And so that's just something that's got me really concerned if that's what we're going to run out there with on the early downs all the time. But maybe they'll find a way to get through it, or maybe that's where you see Darren Lee come through. All right, guys. Three players to watch on defense. Maddie, kick us off. Who are you most excited to watch on defense? I'm most excited to see Frank Clark. I think Frank Clark, especially versus Cam Robinson, coming off of an ACL injury last year, he's kind of getting his first real-life regular season game action back. I don't think that he was has been as great as a lot of people thought he was coming out of college. He's definitely a more powerful left tackle than an athletic one. I think Frank Clark could have himself a really big game working against him in the past game. And is a good matchup for Frank Clark to show how good he is against the run as well, because that is the one thing Cam Robinson does really well is run block. If Frank Clark has a good game, he can control the run game to his side. I think you're going to see quite a few pressures coming from him. And if you can catch Nick Foles, he'll stand a little flat-footed. His feet can get heavy. You can get some good pressures and sacks on him if you're getting that pressure. So I think it could be a really big game for him as a pass rusher. Yeah, and... Cam Robinson, uh, for what it's worth, was limited in practice today. They just brought him off of Pup. Uh, He had an ACL injury last year. So that's worth monitoring here. He's not necessarily 100% going going up against a Frank Clark that wants to show what he's worth. Uh, My guy that I am most interested to watch is arguably the most important player on this team, Bashad Breland. Uh, They need their cornerbacks to play really well 
with the guys that they have. They have a very limited number of guys. And if Bashad Breland can play at his top end and he's very good, that will definitely lighten the load. They can kind of shade safeties over to the other side. They can give him less help and the other side more help. Bashad Breland playing well, playing up to his ability in this scheme would make everything so much easier for the Chiefs. I am very interested to see how he looks. I am very interested to see his health. And I'm very interested to see kind of the the way that Steve Spagnuolo puts him out there in this zone scheme and tailors you know his coverage skills to the best of his ability. If the Chiefs are going to get something out of their 2018 NFL draft class, it's going to fall on the shoulders of Derek Nottie. Brashad... Uh, Breland Speaks, sorry, there's multiple Breelands. Breland Speaks is out for the year. Dorian O'Daniel barely made this football team. Armani Watts, maybe he can provide a little bit of value and depth as a safety. Tremont Smith, he's a special teamer. The big impact on this on this draft class will have to come from Derek Nottie. And I'm anxious to see what he looks like this year. I uh, I I think for what he is, he's a very good football player. And he's going to be good in the run game. He can push the pocket a little bit. But I'm I'm really anxious to see what steps he's taken from year one to year two. And he's a guy I'm very excited to watch. And we're very excited to watch this football team in general. Uh, Maddie, how about you give us your pick for the game? What you got here? Oh, I think we're going to have the Kansas City Chiefs are going to go ahead and take this one 31-20. to 20. Mm. Craig? Hmm. See, I I think the Jaguars are going to try and come out and play ball control and run the ball. I don't think they're going to be able to do that against the Steve Spagnuolo front. I think Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to want to show some stuff up. I think that we're going to see the best version of a week one Andy team in a long time. I don't think it's particularly close. I think that the Chiefs can score 30. I don't know that the Jaguars will score 14, so I, I think it's a big win for the Chiefs. I uh, I think the Chiefs win 31-21. That's what I'm picking. That's what I'm going to wind up picking. 21? Yes. Nick Foles does not scare me. 21 just points? Man, I don't want to cover the defense if the Jaguars score 21 points. I, that's not bad. That In this league, one of the touchdowns is a late score in a in garbage time. Mahomes is already out of the game. When the Chiefs are up 24 nothing at halftime, okay. Andy Reid's going to go ahead and kick back, relax. The Jags will come out. They have some fast receivers. I could definitely see some big chunk plays on broken coverages, little things like that. So, yeah, I think they can get into the 20 range. Just it's not going to be com- that competitive of a football game. It won't game. be. The Chiefs are going to win this football game comfortably. Keep an eye on the Kansas City Chiefs. Also, keep an eye on Tampa Bay beating up on the San Francisco 49ers. And keep an eye on that humidity. That's going to do it for – yeah, exactly. We're, uh, we'll be back next week to react to this game. Catch you later. Thank you so much for listening, and let's see if the Chiefs can start the season 1-0. Renaissance man, Renaissance man, Renaissance man, Renaissance man, Renaissance man.